You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic holistic physician, best-selling author, international speaker, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. We all suffer from stress, the ubiquitous element that creeps into our daily lives, particularly in our workplace. But have you heard of festive stress? A recent study from Healthline said that 62% of people feel moderate to extreme stress during the holidays. Then dealing with gift shopping, entertaining family and friends, traveling, ingesting too much sugar and alcohol, and more. While the exact statistics vary from year to year, the conclusion is obvious. Holiday anxiety is very real, and it's an issue for many of us face. According to neuroscience expert Dr. Patrick Porter, there are many things you can do to deactivate the body's stress response to the holidays. Dr. Porter is an award-winning author, entrepreneur, and speaker. He is also the creator of BrainTap Technology, a company that produces digital tools for health and wellness. Welcome to Wellness for Life, Dr. Porter. Thanks for having me, Doc. You bet, you bet. You know, Dr. Porter, this reminds me of me, you know, at times when I go on vacation, I need a vacation for my vacation. You know what I mean by that? Yes, exactly. I mean, people do have, though, they won't have headaches until they go on vacation because they're used to working at such high-level stress, their body can't handle it when there's no stress present, actually. Exactly. But also vacations to me and being with family, you know, 24-7 can be super stressful. It's really amazing how um, I exhausted I could feel. If if I'm going out with my, you know, my whole family, then I have a tendency to do a lot of the you know, traveling plans and day-to-day, what are we going to do today? And and you're just putting a lot of effort and time into it. So I, I totally get that. But festive stress has to do with the holidays, and we are definitely coming upon the holidays. So tell us what festive stress does to our brain and to our health. Well, all stress is going to have an inhibitory factor on the frontal lobe, which is that part of us that makes decisions that makes good decisions. In fact, they say if, if we're under stress, we shouldn't be making any life-changing decisions. But what happens during festive stress, too, is all of our, let's say, our childhood traumas, all of our situations like that are being, that have been anchored in and maybe not even thought about till since last year when we saw that aunt or that uncle, that, that father, mother, whatever, that brother or sister. And so all of those experiences actually will take up brain real estate and while it's taking up that real estate, it's eating up the energy you have for the day, and whether it's good or bad, too much good stress actually has been found to be, you know, harmful to the body. So that balance effect is what's most important. And I also think managing expectations through the holidays. You know, there's there's actually this kind of behavior some people have that this year's got to be better than last year. We've got to outdo ourselves. We've got to, you know, have the big, the biggest party, or we have to get the best presents, or we have to please somebody. And so all of that, all those expectations have to be managed in order to de-stress and, and have a sleeping well. I mean, there's actually statistics that show more people actually die over the holidays uh, than any other. When people are thinking, why are all these deaths happening between you know Thanksgiving and, and New Year? Because of all that, that heartache, the heart is directly related emotionally to what's happening to us physically. So all those things are, are playing a part in it. That's really interesting. Um, you mentioned the word heartache, 
and heartache when we get together with family, you would think that uh, your family um, and situations when you are getting together with people of your loved ones, you would feel more love rather than heartache. But you're saying that a lot of us don't. And there's no doubt it's so true. Um, the family members, we do get triggers. And uh, can you talk a little bit more about that? And why do you think that's the case? Well, part of it is the way our brain operates. When we're growing up, we're not told about uh, the future, that death's a part of reality. I mean, mostly it's thrust upon us when the first grandparent or aunt and uncle passes away, we're thrown into a funeral home or we're thrown into a viewing, and nobody really explains it to us. So there's all this kind of hidden truth about it. And when we get to, we have, let's say we have positive memories about grandma and grandpa, but then as the years go by, they're not present anymore. So grieving actually is tied to our neural responses, because when we think about Christmas, not only do we think about presents, but we think about family members, and family members that aren't there are actually going to leave a hole in our, let's say, our consciousness, because we were never told to put an end on that. So we might, that, that heartache, that, that those people that are missing, you know, we might not have thought about it with our busy life and schedule throughout the whole year, but then the holidays come around and we remember grandma's recipe. Maybe we pull it out and we make up that, we make that special meal or that special uh, dessert. And that brings up melancholy. So th- that's just the way the brain works. All of our memories are like beads on a string. So we pull mm. one bead, like we hear a Christmas song, and then all of a sudden it triggers all these others. You know, when, when Elvis sung the song Blue Christmas, you know, that's mm. happening all over the place because how many people aren't able to live up the expectations of Christmas? We're not able to maybe travel across the country to be with loved ones or we're, we're maybe we're away, we're in the service and we're away from people or maybe even people passed away during the holidays. And those memories are all playing a part in what's happening right now. And there are tools to mitigate those, but most people are never taught how to do that. Right. I totally get it now. What you're saying is that uh, from childhood and experiences that we've had, uh, a lot of the subconscious feelings or subconscious um, emotions that we have held back that we never maybe not dealt with is what comes up during holiday times. Mm -hmm. What And there's also, um, every one of us has, go ahead. I was just going to say every one of us has a family member that no matter what they got for Christmas, they were unhappy. You know, they they could open up all the presents under the tree and they're still not going to be happy because mm-hmm. they just don't understand the reality. You know, the old story of the guy who they, he goes and their parents get him everything he wanted for Christmas. When he's done, he says, is that all I get? And then the other kid, they just got him one small box. And when he went down, they said, that must be something wonderful because my parents love me. When, they, when he opened it up, all they saw there was a little pile of horse dung. He went running out of the house and the family's going, oh, what happened to little Jimmy? Well, they found him down the hall where he was digging in a barn, and they said, what are you doing, Jim? He says, he says there's got to be a horse here somewhere. So you understand? So he, he took mm. that to mean that there must be a bigger present where not everybody does that. So how we respond to those gifts or how we respond to loved ones is almost a, a behavior trait that we either have to retrain or we have to learn to mitigate so that we can have that uh, healthy holiday season. Right, right. Such a great point. We are so... Every one of us are so unique in the way we um, perceive, perceive it in things that are going on in our lives. Just like you said, it could be, you know, same situation, but we just react differently. So what can we do? How can we counteract some of the stresses or triggers 
that come into our brain. It just kind of like, I mean, I know we've got, you know, they say that we've got 60,000 thoughts going through our mind every day. And of course, we don't put a lot of attention to some of them. But when it just kind of creeps in, what can we do uh, so that it does not cause us harm? Because too much stress, uh, we all know, you know, physiologically, biochemically, it has an effect on our brain function, on our heart, cardiovascular. Uh, it, it has an effect on our gut. There's that gut-brain access. Uh, talk to us about what can we do to counteract the stress. Well, the first thing we can do is once we know that those memories are coming in, if they're pleasant memories, then we want to remember those in color, maybe even put some music to them with our, with our own visualization. If we have something negative that comes up, there's a couple tools we teach people. One is we have them say the word stop and visualize a stop sign. And then they basically say something to the effect of, I'm, stop giving it energy, stop bringing it to life. Because people, when we bring memories back up, we revivify them or we bring them back to life. And all the emotion comes with it. So if we can take those and stop them and put them behind us as black and white images, as bizarre as it sounds, the way our brain stores things, if somebody doesn't have an issue with a negative experience, it's because they've already packaged that memory in a way that it doesn't just spring on them like a tiger would pounce on somebody. You know, when, uh, when we hear the, there's a, there was an old commercial back, it used to be How Do You Spell Relief? And they took seventh graders in New York City and they found out that they were spelling it R-O-L-A-I-D-S. And some of them actually went up to the teacher afterwards and said, why did I get this one wrong? It's because of the repeated playing of that commercial. They tied relief into, you know, the, the product. What people are doing is they're ta- they're taking all these anchors and they're they're basically these memories come up whether they're pictures, sounds, or experiences. Think of it, our brain like a computer, and reality like a computer screen. And that graphic user interface is triggering other memories inside of us. And as soon as we're aware of them, that's when we can change them. We can't change them when they're not in our prevailing awareness. So the first mm. step is to take positive memories, make them colorful, relive them, put together a, a, a holiday success reel all of your most pleasing positive memories. Then you're, going to ha- then you're going to inoculate yourself against the negative memories. And it's very common to have negative memories. I mean, both my parents, of course, passed away a while ago. You know, I'm 59 years old. So these things are going to happen. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to think about mom and dad over the holidays. I don't have to get sad about it. I can remember the good times and move on with that rather than dwell on those negative experiences because they're not here. And that's the first step. The second step is to make sure that if you are going to overindulge, especially in the sugars or the mood-altering foods that are out there during the holiday, is to make sure that you do some fiber. You know, there, you can go to the, any health food store will sell good, good quality fiber. We always recommend with, with my clients that they get used to taking more of the holidays because some people aren't used to all this sugar and all these mood-altering foods. And those foods will have a spiral happen. You know, somebody might not, there's a reason that more people gain weight over the holidays as well. Most people gain three to five pounds with every intention of taking it off in January. But 10 years later, they're 30 or 40 pounds overweight because they let the holidays get away from them. You can offset it also by drinking, at least drinking half your body's weight in ounces of water. And if you're out there during the holidays doing some uh, imbibing in, in, you know, adult beverages, it's really good to every other beverage, make it a water. Because the dehydration is also going to cause your brain to just being 
just being slightly dehydrated will cause a cascade of different neurological effects in the body. Your brain needs almost 80% of the water in your system to operate efficiently. It's, it's hydro-cooled, so if it doesn't have that water, the brain isn't going to work so well, and that's also going to spiral because your physiology will affect your psychology. So if you're not physically eating properly, thinking properly, responding to those conditions, you might be setting yourself up to have these negative mood swings, and it could be caused by, it's usually caused by three things. Um, of course, accidents aren't going to be a big deal, hopefully. People will make it through safely, but the the, the toxins people have in their body, that's the foods they consume and, and the beverages they drink and the thoughts they think. So we can't really avoid the accidents. Hopefully they won't happen, but if it's an accident, it's an accident. But we can avoid the toxic foods and the toxic thoughts, and that's the big key to the holidays. And focus on the positive things. Focus on what you can do, and it's really important. So many people, in fact, some studies show up that 90% of people stop their exercise during the holidays because they have to give up something because they're so busy now. That's the time when you need to really commit to your three or four days a week exercising. You need to keep that muscle base up and, and really turning on those neurotransmitters. There's so, many, there's so much out there now about how body movement affects, affects brain function. So when we get out there, whether it's walking every day or, you know, the best exercise is a little bit of cardio and, of course, of doing some muscle-building exercises that can keep your body regulating so you can burn that sugar or burn maybe some of those foods that you're not used to eating that you do during the holidays that you don't do any other time. Those are all excellent, excellent tips on what to do. Uh, you know, I will tell you, um, I use your brain tap technology. I'd like to talk about that a little bit because I think it's sure, that'd be great. the one thing that I really love is your breathing exercise. And you, um, in the breathing exercise, Dr. Um, Dr. Patrick, I was really, really, I enjoy your voice, actually. You have a great voice. You're the one who actually, um, it's very meditative. It's almost hypnotic. And this is not hypnosis in any way. I don't feel like it is. Uh, but your voice is very pleasant when I listen to it. Um, if the listeners, you know, I want to just share that the Brain Tap, tech, tap technology, it's an online app that you can, um, there's different ways of, of using this meditative uh, neuro, neuro training technology. And you're listening either through just your headset or there's an actual uh, brain um, like a, what do you call it, doctor? It's, it's like a yeah, headset have, that, that I've got from you, you, your company mm-hmm. yeah, that we you wear and it actually has light, right? Yeah. It has light, sound and vibration in it. So it balances it, the brain. Yes, exactly. And, um, I started using it after this is our second interview. Uh, when you came on our first interview, I started using it after that and, it's been really helpful. Uh, the one that I, like I said, I love is about the breathing because I'm someone who has a tendency to talk really fast and I don't take breaths in between and deep breaths. And I, I definitely hold my breath. And um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about training our brain because that's what I was using it for so that I can train my brain where I'm not constantly in this fight flight state. Um, so much of my history of what I what I've gone through, I've done. I wanted to 
use your technology so that I can start to feel more relaxed and get d deeper sleep. Um, the biggest thing that for me was that I had a head injury uh, about seven years ago and eight years ago, and the head injury really put me in a state where I was consistently in a fight flight in my brain and I wasn't able to get deep sleep. So that's the part of the reason why I want to use your technology. But can we talk about, you know, festive stress and how we can train our brain for that? Sure. Well, the key is, and they can download the app for free. We'll give them the link in, in if you'd like. It's, they just go to braintap.pro. And they can get the they can get the app and start playing with it and get a copy of my book Drive Overdrive, which has tips in it as well. But the main key here is that when they're using an app or they're doing something, besides brain tap, they can be doing things like we find that yoga, martial arts like Tai Chi, and actually dance, ballroom dancing, all of those things really help our nervous system. Our body is designed to move and breathe. So when we're when we're moving and breathing, our body is is basically working the way it's supposed to. Now we use we synthetic we basically uh, create a synthetic environment using light, sound, and vibration that we get in nature. So we're going to use our natural. Our body has a natural way. We crave things like being near water or being in the mountains. And when we go there, when we're going to those places, it's because we're going to get those feel-good neurotransmitters that are created by those environments. For instance, the ocean which is 10 hertz frequency, which just happens to be alpha, triggers uh, acetylcholine, which is like the one of the feel-good, love kind of neurotransmitters that you feel really good at that point. And then we also have, when we go to the mountains at 7.8 hertz frequency, that happens to be theta. So that creates GABA. That's why you're sleeping better. Um, GABAnoids is one of the most researched uh, drug areas right now because they're trying to synthesize it. Now our brain creates 30,000 different neurochemicals. So if we get the right thoughts, the right actions, the right activities, our brain will create those neurotransmitters and create the changes that we need. Right. So definitely so we, go into we can nature. Do, we can do that naturally. Yeah. yeah. Right. Going out into nature, going for nature walks. Also, right before you go to bed or when you wake up in the morning, it's really important to just be, be there doing some mindfulness exercises. Now, we have sessions we call digital coffee that are 10 minutes in the morning. There are AM programs that wake up the brain, and then we have PM programs that put the brain to sleep. So we can retrain the brain. But for those out there that, that want to do it on their own, most people go to sleep too fast and wake up too fast. You know, we need to let our bodies naturally wake up and naturally go to sleep so that we get the full benefit of all those neurotransmitters. When you say sleep, sleep too fast, what do you mean by that? Well, when you go to sleep, some people say, oh, I don't need any problem. I just, I don't need any problem going to sleep. I hit the pillow and my, I go right to sleep. But then they wake up stressed out. Our body works kind of like electric, a motor. It needs to unwind at night. So what, the, what I mean by that is we should be doing a little bit of visualization, dreaming, taking a review, a review of our day. In that review of our day, we can assess all the good things that happened to us. Again, making, making them in color putting music in the background, all the things that we teach people to do with BrainTap. We have a saying, we want to teach people how to think, not what to think. And most people don't evaluate their day correctly, so it doesn't get stored in long-term memory in the most appropriate way. And then if you do that, what will happen is you'll start to actually feel your body kind of vibrate. And that vibration is your own body's natural capacity to unlock the nervous system 
So you move from this sympathetic overload, this fight or flight, which I call the survival brain, and then click on and get into the parasympathetic or what, what I call the healing brain. So once you're in the healing brain, your, your body knows exactly what to do. Innate intelligence takes over and does all the work for you. So, but most people don't ever get to that point because they're so, they're so quick to go to bed that they drop right from being awake to being in deep delta. And you really have to flow through them kind of like uh, looking at a dial on a clock. You don't, it's not digital. It's, it's a sweeping hand. So that's the way sleep works best. And once somebody starts to do that, they're going to find that their sleep is going to be deeper. Uh, we actually have people become mindful of their body and any stresses they're feeling as they're going to sleep. And then you can actually feel the muscles unwind and, and relax. And that's key to really, you know, taking that next step and getting the deep sleep that you need and the restorative sleep that you're looking for. Uh, I, I have, have a lot of my patients um, get a, a sleep tracker, you know, whether it's a watch or a ring. I, I have the aura ring myself. And um, the reason is because I definitely want them to get the deep sleep but also the REM sleep. With your brain tapping mm-hmm. technology, how does it help the different uh, cycles of sleep? Well, the, the first thing it does is it reconditions the brain, kind of like training wheels on a bicycle helps somebody keep their balance and, and then they're able to ride a bike when they're younger. The brain also gets out of balance because it starts to habituate to our behaviors or to our life it stresses. So in most cases, when like when you had your traumatic brain injury, I can pretty much guarantee you that you had high amounts of delta going because your brain was had a lot of inflammation going. It was trying to prepare itself, and it didn't want to operate like an everyday brain because it wanted to shut down and heal. But, of course, we're not going to let it do that. We're going to go out and do our thing, and we now know the brain heals best through motion, not through sitting down and just doing nothing. So your brain is kind of counterintuitive what we want to do because our brain wants to shut down and just sleep. But in order to heal, it needs to get back operating again. So it's kind of like a muscle. If it's not being used, it atrophies. So we need our brain to be used. So what happens is as you're going through these different cycles, through lights on a vibration, the brain literally follows them. They call it frequency following response. So the nice thing is that every brain can do that unless there's something, you know, organically wrong with the person's brain. But in our studies... We took a 1,000 students, and a 1,000 students after three sessions were following our algorithm through the natural sleep cycle. And then the nice thing is, at the end of doing that 10- or 20-minute session, the brain now has a blueprint to return back to its normal sleeping patterns. And then it usually does it within three or four visits. You know, of going to those levels of the mind, the brain goes, oh, I'm, I'm familiar with that. That's what we used to do when we were kids, before we had all this stress. And then it can replicate it and do it for you. Mm, got it, got it. So with the holidays coming in, we definitely want to be more outdoors. We want to move more, as you say, uh, use techniques of visualization. Uh, so when you're feeling good, then you're, you're connecting your body with music and uh, colors. Um, and then you recommend, of course, getting deep sleep and being more mindful uh, when we're going, going to sleep. And then, of course, waking up, having little routines there. Uh, anything else that we can do for a happier, healthy holiday? I think the, the main thing that I, I said earlier but bears repeating is manage your expectations. 
there's a saying, all unhappiness stems from unfavorable comparison. If you get, if you're happy with what's happening to you, be happy with what's happening now. Don't, don't spend too much time in the past or in the future. Just be present with your family and your loved ones. Or if you don't have those available, go out and make some friends, go join some clubs, go do something to get you out of the house. Because those are the two extremes. Some people overdo it. And then other people, they shut in and then they become more depressive instead of, getting out there and sharing. I mean, and remember the things you want to do. If you're not out there doing it, join a, join a yoga club, join a, join a Tai Chi club, go, go learn how to do some ballroom dancing. Those are all things because our body is designed to move and breathe. And those are things you can do that are going to help you the rest of your life anyway. Right. Um, have you ever worked with people? Just let, one more question that comes to mind because you mentioned about depression and, and you know, you don't want to be mm. uh, with people, but getting out there is really what, uh, serves you the best way. When it comes to clinical depression or clinical anxiety, um, do we have the ability, and, and there's in, in this industry uh, of modern times, a lot of drug therapy prescriptions are used. Is there a way that we can really train our brain and enhance um, our biochemistry so that we don't have to go into using uh, prescriptive drugs? Do you find that it's it's doable with the people that yeah. you've worked with? Well, I would th- I. I would think for a large number of people, it is possible. Of course, some people, it's just something with their neurochemistry or their, their body, and they might need them. I'm not opposed to medicine if it works, but the problem is most people are being told it's temporary and not being told it's difficult to get off them. There is an intermediate. Food, food is the first choice. Movement and exercise is second. And all of those you have to do at the same time as meditation. So it's not, if it's not brain tap, you need to go and find something it's going to help you to calm down your nervous system, eat properly, sleep properly. Sleep is the key here because if people aren't getting that deep sleep like you're talking about, uh, if you don't get at least an hour of deep delta sleep and you get your two hours of REM sleep, it doesn't matter how long you're in bed. You're not going to wake up refreshed and recharged because you didn't replenish those neurotransmitters that are so important to our body. That's great. Thank you so much. You know, you mentioned that... We can get um, get a try. I mean, you did go through a, a very quick link. Can you repeat that link so that our listeners can can check yeah. it out? Yeah, if they go to BrainTap, B-R-A-I-N-T-A-P dot T-R-O, they'll see that there's they don't we don't ask for credit card or anything. Fifteen days, you can try out the app for free. You also get a copy of my book, Drive and Overdrive that will help you through the holidays as well. That, that will be my gift to them. And if they like it, then, of course, we have programs that they can purchase for as little as $10 a month, or they can buy the whole headset, which will all be explained when they go there. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, gosh. I had such a great time here learning so much. Every time I talk to you, we, we learn so much here. And, and I know our listeners are going to be able to use this for the holiday season so that everything becomes more at ease. Braintap.pro, and that's braintap.pro. So appreciate you being here. If you, if anyone out there needs deeper uh, connection with me, you can always call my office so that I'll be able to help you for any of your health issues. And uh, until next time, be your very best. Thank you so much. This is Dr. Suzanne.